0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the very latest edition of Traditionally Speaking. My name is Tom, and today my friend Joe and I are going to be talking to you about one of our favourite Christmas topics, and certainly one that will be dear to many people's hearts the board game.
1: (laughs) The cause of many uh, uh, a relationship strike here.
0: Well absolutely can anything be said to cause more uh, arguments at christmas time than uh, you know a little bit of slight discord over monopoly or any of the other favorite board games uh, that we like to play
1: it's even worse than trying to pick a christmas movie that everybody can agree on
0: <laughs> well the, the interesting thing about board games and you know it's, it's certainly a long running tradition that i think both of our countries have enjoyed for a long time um, is the fact that, in terms at least of uh, the games that we enjoy, there seems to be a lot of crossover between North America and the UK. A lot of the old favourites that have been played for decades seem to still be enjoyed now. Not least Scrabble, Cluedo, or Clue as it's called in America, and Monopoly, which seems to be a perennial favourite.
1: Yes, along with like Life and you know, of course, various card games as well. Um, But but more on the board games, I would say Monopoly is by far the number one game in America. And I believe it is in Scotland, too, isn't it, Tom?
0: Yes, absolutely. And that's the interesting thing about it, actually, is the fact that um, there are obviously regionalised versions of it for all of the various different cities and towns um, in and around the UK. As you say, in Scotland, there's editions for Edinburgh and Stirling and Glasgow and all of those places. But it's also the fact that, you know, it's that core gameplay, that kind of strategic economic gameplay that really is what interests people. And I think that's why people keep coming back to it.
1: And I'll tell you there's a lot of family variations when they play the game too. and that's what's kind of fun too, is they can kind of change the rules a little bit and adapt it to what they want to do on the games. But also you mentioned you mentioned the cities and towns, but don't forget the movies and different things that that they've also made uh, Monopoly games out of, such as Star Wars and and, and you know uh, Lord of the Rings, et, et cetera. So, and of course, for Christmas, oh, 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 you can even get an Elf Monopoly game based on the
0: movie Elf. And doesn't that say everything about the versatility of Monopoly is, you know, always irrespective of the, the particular uh, theme of the game. Um, it's that addictiveness, it's that gameplay and that competitiveness that, that keeps bringing people back to it.
1: And, you know, there's there's so, again, anytime you get a family group together and you're trying to decide how to keep them entertained, the board games have to come out.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, everybody has their favorite. I mean, for me, it's probably Scrabble um, because it's one of those games that I think always has everybody reaching for a, a dictionary at one point or another.
1: Yeah, and, of course, he's an author, folks. So, you know, he's got a vast grasp of vocabulary so that's why he likes scrabble so much he could probably <laughs> whoop a lot of people's butts on that
0: one <laughs> and let's not forget cluedo as well I, I don't know whether it started in the uk or the us but uh, i know that certainly clue is how it's better known now because uh, everybody remembers that fantastic jonathan lynn movie from the the mid-80s starring tim curry
1: absolutely that was that, talk about an iconic movie that, that's absolutely wonderful. And I'll tell you, I think it, it did a huge resurgence on the game itself, because uh, it had been fading from the American market uh, until that movie came out. And then all of a sudden, it was all over the place again.
0: Yeah, I mean, it certainly spawned a TV show over here, um, a kind of spinoff with uh, John Pertwee, who had been Doctor Who in the 1970s, um, and uh, had a very different cast. But I mean, that was very successful as well.
1: Yeah, and I'll tell you, it's, it's amazing. I mean, can you imagine how many movies the board game Monopoly has shown up in?
0: Mm, Oh, absolutely. I mean, it it says everything about how um, popular that board game has been and how ubiquitous it is with board games, Um, you know, that it shows up everywhere.
1: And it's amazing that that game came out of the depression. And actually, that's what it was for, was it was the first real estate game where you could play along and and try and become a tycoon by, you know, when everybody was barely being able to put a plate of beans in front of them. So, yeah. and to have that go all these years, so you figure that came out in the 1930s, and it's, it's you know, about ready to celebrate its 100th anniversary.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's the amazing thing about it, I, I imagine, is because it's always uh, kept up to date. I mean, there's a, an electronic currency version now, um, where you use a swipe card rather than the paper money those kind of things um, but uh, the dynamics I think are what continues to fascinate people um, it's that, that aspect of competitiveness where you want to get these properties just in the right place so that you know um, your your uh, competing players are going to end up landing uh, landing there and have to pay your money and that, those kind of things um, that's going to be uh, I think what's going to make people's Christmas <laughs> that, that idea of uh, you know a bit of uh, friendly competition.
1: Well, and then that brings up an interesting point too. I mean, we've seen somewhat of a decline in board games here because of all the video games that are out. And, you know, most kids now would prefer to play on the computer. And since they can do it with literally anybody from anywhere in the world, um, that has become kind of a replacement for board games But it's still kind of fun when families get together that you can do a board game and bring everybody in. And it doesn't matter from grandma and grandpa down to the younger kids and, you know, play a game together and kind of keep everybody together. Still big in Scotland, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, people do enjoy the classics. I mean, you get um, Snakes and Ladders, Ludo. There's a game, Drafts, over here. I think it's checkers in America. Um, And, of course, chess as well. I mean, these these are games that are popular all the year round, but I think there's a, a special significance to playing them at Christmas. You know, it's one of those times of year where um, you really can have a bit of downtime uh, and enjoy those kind of pursuits.
1: Well, and it is interesting because I'm seeing a lot of new board games with a Christmas theme to them. Um, in fact, we even have a kind of a version. It's called Tis the Season, and it's kind of a trivial pursuit kind of um game where it's got like 1,800 questions about Christmas. And it involves, you know, some of the more popular movies like, like Elf and, you know, Christmas Story and Christmas Vacation. But it also talks about the traditions and how they came about and the way certain ways that we celebrate. And that's a that's kind of a fun one. But then you're also seeing, as I mentioned uh, to you before we, we started this, they have a Christmas story one and uh, a Christmas vacation one where you have cards and you're untangling lights.
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> I think we've all been there. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah. Here, <laughs> yeah, Russ, you work on that. Uh, yeah, and and there's several other variations, uh, not just based on movies, but also different Christmas things. Um, You know, like Santa's sleigh, uh, which is kind of a kind of a Pictionary kind of thing that you can do. So there's you're seeing a lot of new games appear, um, not only with a Christmas theme, obviously, but but especially at Christmas, you see a bunch of them come out, which makes it fun and kind of brings the family unit back together again. And I think that's what's so important. Those are the kinds of traditions you really have to continue to work on.
0: Yeah. And I mean, you know, that's what intrigues me about it is because, I mean, you mentioned games like Trivial Pursuit. Um, you get games like that. You get games like uh, Mousetrap and Operation, um, which really are not just popular Christmas presents because, you know, these games can be played at any time of the year. Uh, but they have become for many people uh, entwined with Christmas because, you know, they enjoy playing them or they remember having been given them as as gifts. Um, but really I imagine there is a kind of very um, diffuse line between Charles Dickens and the Victorian Parlour Games at Christmas, um, leading up to the popularity of board games in the early half of the 20th century. Um, And it kind of uh, embeds, if you like, the idea of um, the Christmas game as being part of everyone's festive celebrations.
1: Absolutely. And then here again, and as I was alluding to, you know, when you can get the family together, this is a great way to spend time together without, you know, having lagging conversations and that kind of thing. Although, (laughs) as we also talked about, also a good way to get everybody upset with everybody. You're cheating. And sometimes, yes. sometimes it has the uh, opposite effect of what you were hoping for.
0: Yes, that's very true. I mean, I think there have probably been more wars started over Christmas board games than just about any other thing.
1: <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised at all. So, yes. and I'd love to hear from our listeners, you know, what are some of the games that you guys enjoy and what's your family favorite and do you still play or have those been shelved to a, a cabinet where, that never gets opened again? I mean, I used to love playing games when I was younger, and I used to play everything—you know, card games, board games, you name it. I mean, I was a big cribbage player, and I, I particularly enjoyed pinochle and that that kind of thing, uh, as well as the board games. And we had we had pretty much all of them. In fact. One of my favorite games still today is we actually have a Lord of the Rings board game um, where you're actually one of the uh, halflings trying to get to Mordor and, you know, cast the ring off. And it's it, I'll tell you, I used to play that with with my kids and stuff when we were younger and boy, we'd be at it for hours and hours. So and I like that one because everybody has to work together as opposed to working separately, you know, uh, like you do like with Sorry or some of the other games where you're always knocking somebody else back.
0: Yeah, and I mean, just as important as what kind of games you like to play at Christmas, I imagine is the question of how you like to play them because, as you rightly said, more and more people now are communicating digitally, uh, but it's nice to think that people are still playing games like you know chess or variations of Scrabble and those kind of things over over the internet. Sometimes over long distances.
1: Absolutely, and that this is one of the things that keeps families going. If you can do this, I mean, uh, and just your friends as well. I mean, there's nothing wrong with having your friends over and playing a lively board game, and as long as you don't go to blows with each other by the end of it, you're doing fine.
0: And, of course, that leads us to the other question of Christmas board games, which is, of course, when people remember a game that no one else does, Um, because there's always a really obscure board game that someone remembers and everyone else just kind of looks at them asconce as if to say, I don't remember playing that. Um, For me... It was a game called Scruples, which came out about 1986. I think it was a Parker Brothers game. Um, it was only available for a few years, um, but it was quite a controversial game because it actually started more fights than Monopoly did. Um, but basically, Is that what possible? happened? Was, <laughs> well, you, you may wonder. Um, but uh, basically, what happened was um, you were asked a question. And the the point of the game was to try and find out who amongst the players was the most scrupulous. So you might be asked a question along the lines of um, you're invited to a friend's dinner party. Um, They show you their brand new all white three piece suite. When they go to get some nibbles for the party, you accidentally drop some red wine on their brand new suite. What do you do? And you get this question, you see, of, well, do you admit that you did it? Do you, do you turn the, the, the cushion over so that they can't see that you've done it? Uh, you know, all of those kind of questions. And then, of course, I'm not
1: answering. Quickly,
0: <laughs> <laughs> and it very quickly reveals more about yourself than you ever wanted to reveal. <laughs> yeah, really.
1: that's That's almost as bad as truth or dare. So, <laughs> yeah. wow, man. Well, and I'd be interested to hear again from our listeners. Do you still play board games, and and what are again what are your favorites, and what do you recommend, or what what's a good game for families to play together that doesn't uh, that doesn't cause uh, hard uh, relations.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that's a really interesting point because it's often said now that, uh, you know, with the, with the dawn of mobile devices and, uh, you know, constant communication, that there's less time for, for uh, get togethers and games. But in actual fact, they've had a bit of a renaissance in recent years and more and more people now are enjoying games. I mean, I think, for, for instance, about the Queen's Gambit. Um, you know, the Walter tennis adaptation that was recently shown with Anya Taylor Joy. Um, that's brought so many people to chess that might otherwise not have played it.
1: And that has that seems to have a, a resurgence every so often in, uh, through history where you know it, it kind of starts to fade out and then you get some of these chess masters and they're they're showing how they they play and such. and then you get a sudden resurgence. And I love to see that because it's like things like this should not fade from our tradition.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's absolutely true. I mean, there's so much to be said for the, the role of board games and popular games uh, in in our popular culture. And it's interesting to see just how important they are and, you know, to both our countries, you know, um, because here in Scotland, it's something that's, you know, some games are enjoyed more at Christmas than other times of the year, but it's nice to see these things making a comeback. And I'm sure it's the same in America as well.
1: Absolutely. Especially (laughs) with all the weather we've been having around here, there isn't a whole lot much else that you should be doing. So you don't (laughs) want to be out shopping or, or, you know, playing outside in, in the weather we've been having.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's true. And I mean, it's it's good that it's actually brought people back to some of these older games that sometimes have been forgotten about because it's only just been recently I've discovered that there's a whole culture out there of people who really enjoy playing these board games of yesteryear. And, um, you know, obviously you get things like Jigsaws, which are, are, are perennially popular, um, but these games that perhaps might only have been produced for a year or two um, very much have their the diehard fans.
1: And, you know, that's... the Again, the neat thing is it doesn't matter how old the game is, whether it's as old as Monopoly or one of the more recent games. It's always fun to pull it out and get it, get the group together, get the family together and do this. And, you know, it brings us all closer and it, it helps us all remember the, the joy we have in each other.
0: Yes, I think that's absolutely right. Uh, because as with so many of these things, Yes, it's important to enjoy the game, but the most important thing, of course, are the people that you're playing it with and the good times that you can share when you're doing it.
1: Absolutely. Well, I'd I'd say we've covered this pretty well, Tom. Do you have any last thoughts on this?
0: Yeah, only to say that, you know, we would love to hear from anyone, just as you mentioned, uh, that would like to share with us their favorite board games, or perhaps if they know a board game that's uh, cruelly been left behind by the passing years, but probably deserves a resurgence.
1: And the best way to do that is reach us at www.traditionally-speaking.com. And give us your your thoughts and and your interests on this. We would love to share this with our other listeners and and see what you
0: have to say. So thanks so much, Joe, for your thoughts on this uh, perennially interesting topic. Because let's face it, when it comes to something like Monopoly, um, you know, <laughs> I don't know anyone who isn't competitive or uh, who who doesn't take it super seriously. So from that point of view, it's always a pleasure to discuss these things with with someone who you know always enjoys all the different Christmas traditions and knows just how important games are as part of that that wider um, discussion of of uh, the festive season.
1: Well, I'll tell you what, Tom, you have my promise. If Mary and I come out to Scotland, we'll play Monopoly. But if you come out here, you have to play Tis the Season. Uh, (laughs) Give me a chance to to fight back.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. Let's do it.
1: Okay. Well, folks, thanks for for tuning in again. We appreciate uh, the time you spend with us, and we hope you get a lot of fun out of these.
0: Thanks so much, everyone, for joining us. I hope that you'll tune in again soon.
1: Until next time.